Welcome to another episode of She Looks Like Me. I am your host, Simone Cherie. I'm super excited for today's topic and today's guest because it is something I am super passionate about, which is two things, purpose and profits. So we are going to spend some time today diving into how to profit from your purpose. And if you don't know what your purpose is yet, maybe how to go about discovering it. So I'm going to introduce my guests as I always do, and then we are going to dive into it. As a brand strategist and social media advisor, Avery Simone has assisted nonprofit small businesses and personal brands with their revenue, social media, and website strategy. Avery's background in public administration has further enhanced her perspective of business systems. Her most notable position was working for former Governor Nathan Deal. In 2019, Avery transitioned to GTA, which currently manages the delivery of IT infrastructure services to 89 executive branch agencies and manages network services to more than 1,200 state and local government entities. She's responsible for coordinating various projects and requisitioning funds for contractors. Seeing the limited opportunities for Black women in entrepreneurship, Avery created Black Women Moguls. Through this platform, she assists women entrepreneurs who are seeking to build a profitable brand. Outside of her entrepreneurial ventures, she serves as the youngest board member, first vice president of a local selection of the National Council of Negro Women. For her contributions to her community, Avery was awarded the NCNW Living the Legacy Award and recognized as Who's Who in Black Atlanta. Hi, Avery. Hello, hello. I am so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited too. I'm so glad that Lily can connect us. She just has been connecting me with folks left and right. Yes, the queen. <laughs> right? So I was so happy that this was one of them because when she said that your focus is on helping people use their uh, purpose to create profit, I'm like, ding, 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 ding. That's literally what I'm all about. It is just so amazing to be able to connect the two. Before we dive into today's topic, which is profiting from your purpose, I would love to know what is bringing you joy these days. Well, honestly, it's not what most people would think, or maybe it would be because of the space that we've been in, but really rest. That is bringing me joy. Coming off the summit that uh, took maybe like two and a half to three months of planning, I'm just enjoying sleep and rest and making sure that I'm pouring my self-care back into me. (laughs) That's a big deal. I think, I know for me, I have struggled. Like I always felt like rest was like, I equated rest with like laziness, Mm -hmm. Um, especially when you're an entrepreneur where you literally have to catch every fish you eat. Mm -hmm. You're like, why am I sitting here watching Real Housewives of Atlanta when I got bills to pay? (laughs) I've been there. And you know what? I had to learn the hard way, actually, that I need rest. Even like a few weeks ago, I was starting, like I have autoimmune disease. And so Um, any, I'm very susceptible to things and I started shaking because I had so much anxiety. So that was like a moment I was like, Oh wait, we can't have this because if we're on E, we can't do anything in our business. We're not going to be any good. So that rest and self-care is so important. Oh yes. That's what we talked about on the last episode, actually self-preservation and Mm self-care. And so taking that time to rest was definitely important. So I'm glad that you were getting lots of that in 2020. (laughs) I'm so glad, again, Lily connected us because I think everything that your brand stands for is what I'm passionate about in my work. I was excited about the idea of discussing this because I have had a hard time articulating to people 
how I've done it. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people always ask me, how you come up with all these ideas for your business? And like, how did you learn this stuff? And for me, it was just stuff that I was naturally interested in. And I just authentically cared about. And it was just like, for a long time in my business, I was just having fun. Like I was just doing stuff that I enjoyed. And mm-hmm. so uh, maybe I just articulated it in that moment. <laughs> um, Sounds but, good. You know, Right. Like I just followed my gut. And so um, maybe that is a helpful tip for for some people when they're figuring out what they want to or what their purpose is in life and how to profit off of that. But what I do know is that way before I ever started my first business, had any idea what my reason was for being here. One of the things that I did was envision the type of life that I wanted. So what impact would you say does it have on someone to define their desired life? Is that part of the process that you take your some of your clients through or is that something they've already had to find like because I think thinking about lifestyle will help people start to figure out what that what that journey will look like for them definitely and I have to preface it by saying it's so funny that you said we were talking about laziness in a different context but talking about it in the business aspect for the longest, I thought I was very lazy. I, it felt like I couldn't make a, a business successful. But what the problem was, it wasn't me. It was the business itself. So I had to first find my purpose and discover what I was meant to to do. Because other than that, if you're not following your purpose, it's going to fail. People think that, will ask, always ask, should I follow the money or should I follow my purpose? And it should really be a mixture of both. Because if you're following the money, it'll just feel like another job and transactional for you. And then that will also come across to your clients. But when you find your purpose and merge it and learn how to, to play to your strengths, that's where it where you can begin to define your desired life. So I always say, once you find that purpose, design a business around your life instead of designing your life around your business, because that's where burnout leads to. And for me, my why is contributing to my mother, giving back to her, having a nomad life to be able to pick up and go, and then also preparing for my future family. So writing that out, being very specific is key because if you just have an idea, it's just going to remain a dream, but you, you must be strategic about it. And then also like some things I teach my clients to do is to write out their income goals. What, what do you want to accomplish in six months, a year, three years? So that way you can measure that accordingly, because if it's just in your head, you, you won't have anything to measure and say, okay, I'm not there yet, but what can I do to get there? Um, one of the things that I noticed, um, so I was a part of this cohort um, some time ago and the leader of the cohort he was like you know everybody's always shooting for to be a millionaire and everybody wants seven figures and he was like but when I did my desired life when I wrote it down in terms of everything we have and everything we want to have he was like realistically I only need to make four hundred thousand dollars now of course that that's still a lot of money right we're not gonna (laughs) like that's still a lot of money but you know again to have the dream life you want and have the clarity or the understanding that all I need to do is make Mm $400,000. I think that's super dope. Cause again, everybody's shooting for a millionaire. I want to be a millionaire or I want to be a six figure, uh, you know, a six figure earner. And it's like, maybe you don't need six figures to be happy. Maybe you do. And that's cool. Or, you know, maybe your dreams will take you to the millionaire mark. But I find that a lot of times what we think we want, 
and the lifestyle that we like, because to be a millionaire, right? Like to, to take that trajectory means that you're sacrificing a certain type of lifestyle. Right. To get to the million dollar mark realistically means that you are probably going to sacrifice some portions of your personal life. Mm -hmm. And some people don't want to do that. So I think getting real with yourself about how much personal life you want and or willing to sacrifice compared with what type of money you want to make and what that's going to require in terms of sacrifice. I wholeheartedly agree with that because I don't require much, honestly. I would just like to take a trip every now and again, you know, maybe spend abroad, maybe two months or so. It's not that much. But, you know, if I if I do make it to that six-figure mark and above, you know, that's great, too. All I know is that I know how to monetize my expertise and I can help my clients get the results that they want. That's all that matters at the end of the day. And I love that. And that's why I think it's important to figure out what your purpose is and what you're passionate about because... Again, it's like they always ask the question, like, what would you still love to do if you made no money? Like, what was what would be the thing you're still passionate about doing, even if you didn't make money off of it? Mm -hmm. And I think that leading with that is so much more like that'll take you way further than I'm good at this and I can make money off of it. So let's run with it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's so true. So for those of us who know they want to start a business and they want to do something that's going to contribute to customers, community, et cetera. Mm-hmm. How would someone, or how do you recommend someone start to discover what their purpose is in life? So I always say you should just do an assessment of what you are great at. And, and you basically said it also, what would you do if you were paid nothing for it? What gives you joy what do you feel what comes naturally to you and it's so easy that people think it's magic and that's basically your purpose and then just being able to like well one thing I teach my clients to do is to survey like what do your well you need to know your audience first but what does your target audience need what do they want and figure out what aligns with what you can do to monetize that purpose it's not it's not necessarily easy easy but it's not as hard as people make it out to be so you just have to start with where you are and then if that if that's if you're not where you want to be that's where you have to definitely take time to invest in yourself to get those skills that you needed so I remember when I was at let's see goodness five years ago um I'm not of course was not at the place where I am today but I took the time to invest and I'll go ahead and say it it was like maybe, uh, was it $15,000 that I did not have? I don't know where that came from because Lord knows I was stressed. Lord knows I didn't have it. I was counting pennies to make it happen. But that was the invest, the best investment I made in myself because it got me to the level where I need, had that foundation. Um, so we can't be afraid to, I'm not saying go bankrupt over, over coaching or anything, but you have to be willing to invest in yourself. And sometimes you just have to pay that money to accelerate the process. Oh, yes. That might have to be a whole nother episode. Investing (laughs) in yourself. Because listen, everybody wants to start a business and they want to DIY it to death and then nickel and dime every service provider that they work with along the way. And it's like, spend the money. Just spend the money. (laughs) And let me tell you another story, too, because last year I had the pleasure of meeting Stedman Graham. Everyone knows him as Oprah's boyfriend, but he is so much more than Oprah's boyfriend, billionaire, 
brilliant, everything. So ironically, um, I met my second business coach at a speaking opportunity. We were on the same panel and I happened to see her maybe like two months before and I start, started following her. I was like, oh, one day maybe. And then ending up on the panel with her, I was like, yes, this must be destiny. So she slid into my DMs, right? And invited me to this mastermind. I didn't have money for the mastermind at that time, but you know what? I made, I figured it out. So then she upselled, like the, the pro that she is, I've learned some of her tricks since then. She upsold me to um, the mastery, um, self-mastery summit. And through that, I did VIP. And if I had not paid for that investment, I would have probably, or maybe eventually, but it might have been a long time, never met Stedman Graham, never been able to make the connections I made. And now I'm on her team to help her clients. And so that's another stream of income. So it, it just comes full circle. We have to be willing to take those risks. Mm, yes, ma'am. Shout out to Stedman. Look, <laughs> we love that. Yes. So, so I, I wrote down a couple of questions, I guess. So I know we already talked about one, mm -hmm. um, which is like, what would you do if nobody paid you to do it? Um, one of the thing or another one of the questions was, what would you do if you couldn't fail? And then what makes you come alive? And so the marketing nerd that I am, listen, I'll talk about website design and, you know, reputation management and digital marketing all day long. It's mm -hmm. annoying. I annoy myself because I'm just like, I get started talking about it and I'm like, you are such a marketing nerd, but I love it. And my clients love it. They're like, no, this is why we come to you because <laughs> this is what you're passionate about. So how, I guess my question is how, for somebody who doesn't know yet what they want to do, they're like, oh, I think I'm good at this thing. Or, you know, I think I'm interested in this, but I'm not really sure how to go about it. Mm -hmm. How does purpose show up in our lives? Like how can someone know, that this thing is they're meant to do. And I'm, I might've just, I tend to answer my own questions before I ask them, but, um, but I'm going to ask you, okay. how can okay. someone know that that thing is the thing? Okay. Sounds good. And that's a wonderful question. So if you don't know, if you're like, okay, I don't know what my magic sauce is, it's okay. And People are probably going to say, no, she shouldn't say that. It's okay to try different things out until you figure it out. Case in point, let me tell y'all my failures, okay? So here we go. <laughs> um, let's see, was it after college, I had an online boutique because I've always loved fashion. And so I was like, yes, let's get into this fashion business. We're going to sell, sell, sell. It's going to be great. Mind you, I had no, well, I had some business skills, but anyway, it's not like to the level it is now. Mind you, that failed. And literally, like maybe a few months ago, I just got rid of the inventory from years ago. So that was business number one that failed. Uh, let's see, business number two, uh, I did start a platform for uh, not just Black women, but Black women and men. It was an online directory. It still exists, but I didn't have the direction that I needed. And that basically, it's not a failure. It's just in limbo. But I was like, okay, no, this isn't it either. Then I realized that my target market was 90% women. And that's how I got to Black women moguls. So Black women moguls are successful. We'll talk about that in a minute. There was something else I started, a travel agency, because I, I was like, I love to travel. My friends always say, oh, you should start planning for me and stuff. So I tried a travel agency that failed. And I still love to travel, but I don't think I like to plan travel for other people, no matter how much money they're giving me. So that failed. Let's, uh, I'm sure there were so many others, but let's get on to Black Women Moguls, right? So this is probably the first time that I felt in my purpose. Even when I get unmotivated, 
Even when I'm tired, I always come back to it. Those other projects, I'll be like, oh, you know, it's whatever. Because that wasn't where I was supposed to be. So again, when you are when you find that, that purpose and that passion, you might not always be motivated. You might not always want to do it. But when you're disciplined and you, you're walking in your, your purpose, you'll always come back to it. I love it. I completely agree with that because there are ideas, business ideas in my mind that will not leave me if I tried. Mm-hmm. Like they just keep like tapping. It's like tap, tap, tap. Hey, friend, tap, tap, tap. You going to work on this idea? Tap, tap. Like, and I think that if, because sometimes we have a tendency of, A, allowing outside opinions to dictate, not trying all the things, right? Mm -hmm. Like you said, try all the things. Why wouldn't you try all the things, especially if you're in a position to do so? Mm -hmm. I know for me, people always tell me all the time, they're like, girl, you don't have a man or kids. Do all the things. Like do all the things because once the man and the kids come, you know, things are going to get more stable and more set in stone during Mm -hmm. that time than you out here just being fancy free single with no kids. Right. So I have tried so many things, but of course we have family members, we have friends, we have society that's kind of looking at us like, can she figure her shit out? (laughs) Why is she launching a new something? But it's like, you know what? I realized that the majority of the people who have that type of commentary aren't launching anything mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and haven't launched anything. Right. Why would you take advice from those people? Like they mm-hmm. don't know what it feels like to start a thing that you felt like you were passionate about and then mm-hmm. end up being like, this ain't it. Or mm, this doesn't do it for me in the way that I thought it was going to. So I right. love the advice of trying all the things because mm-hmm. like, like with your journey, as with my journey, one thing kind of led to the next thing or being mm-hmm. able to check those boxes off and say, you know what, tried it. That's a no for me. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go back later in life and be like, I wish I would have tried that travel agency. Mm-hmm. Ugh, if only no, you tried it. You realize right. that ain't my thing. I want to plan yeah. my own travel. Not everybody else's. Right. And then, what people fail to realize is that entrepreneurship is an evolution, not a journey. So even if it's not right now, delayed does not mean denied. Write it down and then maybe come back to it later because there are some ideas that I was like, oh, I forgot I wrote that down. So that's why you should really write it down in the beginning. Write down all your ideas. And even this year alone, I'm not going to tell you how many times I have pivoted. Nobody knows that. But on the back end, I have pivoted my business so many times and it's about to pivot again. And so therefore, it's okay because it's what suits me absolutely because I mean this is this is your business this is the thing that you're kind of responsible for Mm -hmm. and in order for it to be sustainable it has to be something that you enjoy (laughs) at least at least most of the time like there are going to be some days where we're like oh but for the most part it's like it's something that should should fill you up Mm -hmm. all right so we've we've kind of given the people a little something to think about their purpose how to figure out what your purpose is one of the other things before we transition into the profiting from it piece is I was on a webinar with Zim from the creator the original founder of Travel Mm -hmm. Noir Mm -hmm. and she had like this workbook that you know you were supposed to follow along and she said what did you do as a child that you really enjoyed? Like, what was the thing you did as a kid, like as your pastime? Mm-hmm. And I thought about how, I thought about how applicable that was to my life. Because when I look back on what I did as a child, I did two things. I played school 
and like I was a teacher, right? I played school and I had businesses. Like my first business was I was the icy lady at my aunt in my aunt's neighborhood, like in the summertime. And I would take my little whatever ten dollars and go and get cups, Kool Aid, and sugar, <laughs> and a pitcher. <laughs> and I would make ices for the neighborhood: twenty five cents for a small, fifty cents for a large. This is way before twenty twenty prices. I'm sure they they <laughs> cost way more now, right? But that was my first business, and then I was a babysitter when I once I got to be old enough. But like education and entrepreneurship have always been in my DNA. So when I looked at what I was doing today, I was like, it's not that far of a stretch. Like I'm not a teacher. No, but do I educate daily? Absolutely. Cause I'm educating my clients. I'm hopefully educating through this podcast. That's just kind of, it's how it naturally transitioned for me. So I think looking back at what you enjoyed as a kid, like mm-hmm. what were the things you did when it was just like straight up fun I think for some people, they might find some some threads to help them figure out what they could be doing um, or what, what business they could be profiting off of in their adult life. That's very true. So my journey, I have, it's very similar. And so I have to go back to the age of three, right? Because I didn't even know I was an entrepreneur at the age of three. My mother shared with me earlier that she well, we were still in California at the time. She was selling a bracelet to a client, and so I, for some reason, I guess I was smart then too. I don't know. Um, I put on a bracelet and I showed her the client, and I said, "See, see." And so then my mom said I actually helped her to sell the bracelet. So it's been in my DNA as well. Growing up, I remember watching my mom try different ventures, and so I definitely am my mother's daughter. She well, she didn't intentionally instill it in me but of course you know you grow up watching your parents and you you, it just rubs off on them on you and I remember making bath salts and selling it to my mom's friends and then also Girl Scout cookies yes I was a Girl Scout cookie hustler at Blockbuster when it was still a thing and selling those cookies so entrepreneurship definitely has been ingrained in me even when I went to Clark Atlanta to do political science it never left I knew I would still do some sort of venture and even though I'm in my major now with the government I will be transitioning into full-time entrepreneurship next year retirement date set <laughs> yes I love that yes we're just gonna <laughs> clap it up in advance yes yes, yes. <laughs> So, okay, so we we were starting to figure out our purpose. Some of us know our purpose already, but they're like, okay, well, how do I turn this into a business? How do I turn this into something that can make me money, get me out of corporate, help me take more trips or whatever the goals and desires are? How do we say, okay, we've got the purpose. We feel like we have an idea of what we want to do, but now we need to turn that into something that makes money. Yeah, so one thing I want people to know is, You've probably heard this before, charge what you're worth, but I always add the preface, add tax, because you the last thing you want to do is leave your nine to five only to work for another job. Even if it is yours, you are the CEO and the mogul of your business, not the employee. So first of all, charge what you're worth. If it's premium services, don't be afraid to charge the premium services. So even in my own journey, yes, I did do uh, maybe like two or three free clients to get those receipts. So that's number two, getting receipts to show what you can do. But every time I was like, okay, I can actually do this. Guess what? The price increased. Every time I invested in myself, oh, 
I can do this even better. The price increase. So you can't be afraid. We have to get out of our own way. I know that we have mindset blocks, but sometimes you just have to encourage yourself until you get to the place uh, where you are charging what you're worth, that you can believe that you can achieve success. And in the beginning, I mentioned how I have have an autoimmune disease. But when I first found out, I was like, oh my gosh, why? What happened? What did I do to deserve this? Because for those who do not know, if I don't take my medicine, I will get mostly weak um, and it's hard to walk. And so I was like, well, people are going to see me in pain. They're going to wonder why I'm an old lady. And I was always positive. I still am. But at that moment, I was like, people are just going to look at me and judge me or think it's contagious or whatever. And so I was standing in my own way of success. But once I finally pushed past that mental block and knew that I, I could, again, achieve those results, that's where the success and the monetization came in. And then also, again, investing in myself was key. Hey, mindset. <laughs> if there is a word that should be synonymous with entrepreneurship, it should be mindset. Because, and I say synonymous, like not that they're similar, but that that right. those two words should just always be considered together. Yes. Because how your mind operates, thinks, reacts, etc., is going to directly determine how you perform as an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And I think with a lot of people, what I notice is people, client, prospective clients that reach out to me who might need websites or they want branding or whatever, um, they're always just like, there's some hesitancy around making the move, like moving forward. Like they want to, they're excited mm -hmm. about it, but you know, there's always that voice in the back of your head. That's like, well, why should I start this business? Or there's already a ton of tax businesses out here. Why do I need to start my tax business? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, what makes me think I can quit my job and do it without them? What makes me think I can do it on my own? And I feel like all of that, again, is you kind of standing in your own way, like you said, but that's not to say beat yourself up about it, like acknowledge right. the feelings, acknowledge the whatever, um, but you have to know that, or you have to get to a place where you know that everything that you need, you already have. Exactly. And if you don't have it, that God will provide it for you. I agree with that wholeheartedly about just, it's just so much I can say right now, but um Beating yourself up, I, I was so guilty of that. You have to give yourself grace about everything because I don't know, it's just so it's just touching again to me because uh if you if you we tend to be harder on ourselves than we need to be. Even like when we do our day-to-day -day work, we maybe put too much on our task list and we get paralyzed. But what I like to tell my clients to do is to do a brain dump priority, good to do and can wait. And so you take it one step at a time until you can get to that level where you need to be. It's just so important that you be strategic about everything you do, even if it's just one thing for that day. Totally agree. I was going to say, I think, because um, I know for me, some of the times that I have kind of been stagnant mm -hmm. in bringing an idea to fruition is thinking about, because some of us have no idea what we're supposed to be doing or how we're supposed to go about it. Others of us have all the ideas and all the vision, too many visions. There's no such thing as too many visions, but you're kind of just like, okay, God, can we just stop having ideas now? Because this idea just keeps getting more and more massive and I'm getting more and more overwhelmed with the idea of bringing it to life. Mm -hmm. But like you said, it's like doing one thing a day, 
not overbooking yourself, being realistic with how many things you can get done in a time period, whether that's in a day, in a week. I have clients that come to me all the time and they're like, yeah, so I need a website and oh, I would love if we could get it up in like a week. And (laughs) I'm like, okay, well, do you have your content? Like, do you know what you want on it? No. And the answer is no. All no's. And I'm just like, where where are we going in a week? We're not getting very far. I can tell you that. So um, like I said, just being realistic about timelines and giving yourself that time. Like, no, should it take six months to do a website? No, unless it's a super complex website. But at the same time, you know, you have to find like a happy balance of of giving yourself enough time to do something, but not so much time that years or months or whatever are passing and nothing's really like the needle's not really moving forward Mm -hmm. that's so true so you recently had a summit and I would love for you to talk more about that and what elements of that if any um where you address profiting from your purpose and how that went for your for your attendees yes thank you so much for that question so throughout the summit we were just dropping gems like all the speakers are so amazing and if any of your subscribers want to get the replay just let them know they can email me at hello at com. i'm willing to give them that replay because it was so many things just dropped so it was a fun weekend i would say and they i think they did they said it was one as well we started off with the self-care the goal setting uh part of it but what i and that was phenomenal just addressing the mindset, but I wanted to make sure that throughout the summit, it was not a summit full of fluff, that we actually had tangible strategies. And so we had different topics like brand strategy, getting making sure you have um, the basics about your, your business, because a lot of people think that branding is logos and pretty colors and graphics, but it's not. It's about your identity, your messaging, and you, you do want the visuals to be there as well, but it's what I like to call the icing on the cake. So we talked about that. I talked about how to put your business on autopilot because a lot of people neglect the systems in their business. So I teach them how they can even run their business from their phone to make sure that they are getting that nomad life again, being able to pick up and go as they want. We had someone talk about video content, social media, different aspects of your business. And even as I'm saying all this, yes, it might seem like a lot of topics. You might not need every single strategy that's mentioned. You just pick and choose what works best for your brand. Even with social media, people are like, oh, I have to be on every platform. No, you don't. Your your target market might not even be on Instagram or LinkedIn. Now, if they're millennials, more than likely, okay, yeah, they're on Instagram. But it also just depends on your um, your industry. It's so many factors that goes into that outside of, um, and it, again, it just ties down to your, your target market and knowing your purpose. So once you have those elements, you can monetize your purpose and playing up to your strengths again. Those are the three key elements. Oh, yes. Playing up to your strengths. I think a lot of times when we are When we're thinking about starting a business, especially for people who this doesn't come naturally to them, I would say we have a tendency. I mean, shoot, even people who who want who know that they are entrepreneurs at their core. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we have a tendency of like focusing on our weaknesses and all the ways in which (laughs) we are unqualified (laughs) as opposed Mm -hmm. to focusing and leaning into all the ways in which we are qualified and which Mm -hmm. we can kill it in our business 
Mm-hmm. And I always have my clients do a disc assessment as well. They might know their strengths, but through that assessment, they might learn some more things about themselves. So if you're clueless about what your strengths are, take a disc assessment as well. Oh, yes. I actually just did a, um, a strengths finder test for um, this webinar that I was a part of. Mm-hmm. And it was super helpful because the things that came back in terms of what my top five strengths were we're so in alignment with what I'm doing right now and or the directions that I'm going into the new year that I was like, okay, cool. I'm right on track. Mm-hmm. And so like for me, I think my some of the top five, I don't remember all five of them, but one of them was like a coach. One of them was like a problem solver. There were like three other ones though, but I was just like, you know what? This is right. And you can kind of start to see an idea of what a professional makeup might look like just based on those strengths. Mm-hmm. So I'm all about quizzes. I'm glad you said that because I did want to make sure we talked about that on this episode. And yes, so we're going to get right here toward the end. Take yourself a strengths finder assessment. Um, and what was the name of the one that you said? So I've done the strengths finder as well. And the other one is a disc assessment. Okay. I feel like it was through Tony Robbins website, but I'll have to, um, I'll have to, I think that was the one, Tony Robbins' website, Disc Assessment. But if you just type in Disc Assessment on Google, it'll come right up. Make sure it's free. (laughs) Okay, Disc, I'm doing that as soon as we get finished recording because I'm always like, what you got to say about me? Like, what? Let me know about me, please. Right. I love it. So, Avery, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for today's chat. If um, somebody listening wants to keep in touch with you or wants to know more about Black Women Moguls, Please tell them how to keep in touch. Yes. So I have made it really, really simple. We're Black Women Moguls everywhere. So on Instagram, Black Women Moguls, Facebook, Black Women Moguls, www.blackwomenmoguls.com. <laughs> Email is hello at blackwomenmoguls.com. So I would love to connect with everyone. Feel free to reach out to me if you ever have questions. And yeah, just thank you again for having me. Yeah, it's been such a pleasure. And yes, um, I'm here for clean branding because listen, when people, they're like, my handle's this over here and then it's something else over here. And it's it's like, listen, just make it easy for us. So yes, Black Women Moguls across the web. If it's Black Women yes. Moguls, it's Avery Simone Liggins. Check her out by all means. And I just want to say thank you again. Thank you so much. It was just such a pleasure talking to you. Yes, always a joy. I love talking with other Black women who are doing dope stuff. So thank you. So as we get ready to head out, I want to leave you with two things. First, as always, I want to thank my guest, Avery Simone. If you're a Black woman in the pursuit of your mogul status, whatever that means for you, please make sure to follow and support Black women moguls on social media or head over to BlackWomenMoguls.com and see all the dope things that they're going to be up to for 2021. The second and final thing I want to leave you with are a couple scripture verses to drive the point home of just how important it is, how it is our divine right to exercise our creative gifts. It's not often, okay, that I can whip out a message or two from the Bible. Don't judge me, work in progress. But I've been focused on what the word says about creativity and using your talents to serve. So there are a few that I want to share and leave with you. The first is from the book of Genesis chapter one, verse 27. It says, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. We come from the creator of all creators. And he told us that we are made in his image. 
three times to be specific in case it didn't hit the first two. Okay. So embrace the fact you have been crafted in his image today and accept his permission for you to be the artist he made you to be. And the second verse is from Proverbs chapter 22, verse 29. And it says, do you see a man skilled in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. So God desires us to be good stewards with the gifts he's given us. If you have a gift and you're not using it, it's going against what God wants you to be doing in the world. This verse gives us permission to be skilled at being creative, skilled at making art. And art can be defined in so many different ways, right? So being skilled takes practice and creativity is a muscle you have to exercise. It's not the creativity fairy coming to bless you in your sleep because you asked long enough or prayed hard enough. It takes work to get better creatively. Practice your craft, be a good steward of your talents. And when it's time to share your gift, you'll be prepared. So go forth and prosper. Try all the creative things. Discover what brings you joy. Be open to seeing opportunities of alignment. And most importantly, okay, don't let anything, not your mama, not your self-defeating thoughts, not your raggedy co-workers who was like, girl, why are you doing that? Absolutely nothing. Don't let nobody get in the way of pursuing your passions and make a little coin while doing it. So that's it, y'all. That's all I got. I'm out. This is She Looks Like Me.